another episode of the Uncle Marv podcast. I am your host, Uncle Marv. Ladies and gentlemen, you are getting the rare privilege of a audio-only podcast. And we've got a little bit of things that we're working through, but I wanted to get you an episode that you could sit back and listen to and enjoy and hear more great stories, life lessons from friends, family, and almost famous people. And speaking of, if you saw the picture that I had out on the social media and you saw me and some people underneath a sign saying Marvin Gardens, I have one of those people here with me tonight, Barb, I was going to say crease. <laughs> That's okay. But it is Barb Santiano, my good friend from Boston, or close to it. <laughs> Barb, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am good. Excellent. It has been a minute since your last visit here. Yeah, it's been a long time. Because <laughs> that's the only way we see each other, apparently. <laughs> I, we were trying to figure out when the last time we were in Florida was. You know, I was thinking about that as well, because for some reason I was thinking, well, it was only a couple of years. But when I went back and went through my mental notes, it was more like six years. Because if I remember correctly, you came down, I believe it was the first year after we got the house. We invited you and your family to the house, and you shut us down. That does not sound right. <laughs> okay. Because I remember a, a really small house that you lived in. Okay, well, and, we live in a yeah, really there, small house. Like, I, think, I think there were two times. I remember the time that I was with my parents, or at least my mom, and we went to, like, the, I don't know, what do they call it, like, the bird place or something, right? like parrot jungle or something okay right? there and is a parrot jungle. Ribs. so i remember parrots and really good food mm -hmm. and then i remember coming down with my husband and i thought my daughter when she was around like four because we think you took us with kim to like some burger place yep jack's burgers there you go but I can't remember anything after that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was trying to remember because I thought there was a hotel visit somewhere in there because I believe that when you first were coming down, you were staying at a place out west, somewhere out near University and Broward or University and Sunrise. Do you remember staying out there? Yeah, because that was where my grandfather lived. Okay, all right. So that would make sense. Yep. Okay. And, uh, all right, so you think the last time you were here is when your daughter was four? Yeah. <laughs> well, did you ever meet my son? You know, I want to say yes, because I thought there were two kids that came with us to Jack's Burgers. Yeah, I don't remember. You <laughs> don't I still remember. Wow. All right. When did you have when did you have him? What year? In two thousand seven. Oh, then he had to have been here, yes. Yeah. Yes. Your kids weren't that small. They're pretty okay. big. They're pretty big now. They weren't that small. <laughs> there was a point in time they were small. There's, 
there's no picture of me holding a baby if that's <laughs> no <laughs> you sure <laughs> i didn't get a chance to go back and look but uh it could be yeah I, maybe i just don't remember it's been a long time yes so let me at least set the stage for how you and i met because it wasn't very traditional we weren't yeah. in, we weren't introduced by anybody we didn't go to school together <laughs> we met when we were both working for junior achievement yes and we went to one of the training sessions that they had that was in yeah. Traverse City Michigan Michigan <laughs> That's really all Beautiful I remember. Place. <laughs> Beautiful place in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> they had just finished having the Cherry Blossom Festival, right? Something like that, right? Yep. Like the town was all a flutter because either it was right after or right before. And they were so excited that they were going to tell us outsiders about their, their lovely Cherry Blossom Festival. <laughs> and I put that... I put that below the Kalamazoo Kazoo Parade that I went to. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember it, so it couldn't have been that exciting. <laughs> and we, I don't even remember how we met. Did we get stuck at a table together? We must have, because, you know, I just remember, I think it was like a whole bunch of people just all over you. And I'm like, what is going on? I got to find out what's happening over there. And, what, do you, what do you mean all over you know, me? You what are you like, talking about? Like, you know, Mr. Universe, like people couldn't tear themselves away from you. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like you were the most popular guy at the whole conference. Everyone knew who you were. Oh, that doesn't sound right at all. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, it does. Because here's the thing, that picture mm -hmm. that I showed. Yes. So there's you. Yes. And there is Kathy Haga, who she is the real queen of JA. She was my executive director when I was a student in the company program in Cocoa Beach, Florida. She is now the, I don't even know what the title is, but she's president of JA down in Miami. So she's wow. been in JA for a very long time. And is she is re the one that is responsible for getting me involved in the first place. So in that picture, there's you, there's her, mm -hmm. and I have no idea who the other person is. Neither do I. <laughs> okay, good. It's not just me. <laughs> so, but nope. you were the only two people that I officially knew. I mean, I knew some of the other people in leadership from the national conference. So I think Gene Buckley was vice president of junior achievement is she was one of the people at the training. And that's probably it. So I have, I have no idea what you're talking about with this popularity that seemed to exist. Yeah. Yes, you were. Yeah. You know, I didn't know anyone there, so everybody was new to me. Okay. So, now, it was funny, that training, if I remember correctly, it was for people who had just joined Junior Achievement. So for you, that was true? Yes, I wasn't with them very long. <laughs> very long before the like, conference? Or I mean, like, working for them, I think it was like a year. <laughs> so, yeah, I was new anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
And okay, well then let's ask the question. How did you even get to be a part of junior achievement and work for them? Were you a part so of the, I, the company program? Yes. I started in the, uh, the night after school company program, like, like so many others, um, and absolutely loved it and had fun and got really involved as a student and went to NEJAC and just kind of grew up with the programs. And, you know, after the, the programs ended, I went to college and I actually still volunteered and taught for them. So I still was teaching like business basics to fifth graders. And then after I graduated from college, about six months after graduation, I ended up working for them as a program manager. So there were three of us in the New Bedford office running all the programs. Okay. So that sounds like so, a similar yeah. a similar path to everybody. Student yeah. in the program, went to the national conference, worked for junior achievement. <laughs> yep. It's like paying your dues. That's right. Oh, this program's been so great to me. Let me give up a year or two of my life working for them. Right. Because I made it two. That minimum wage job that was really nice. Oh, mine wasn't that bad. It, mine... it was for me. It was. I made five fifty an hour. Okay. Really? Yeah. I was by far one of the lowest paid, and and it was funny because I used to ask that question at all the conferences because I think that before that one, I was actually in Colorado Springs at at headquarters, and that was another question that came up. And then in Michigan, I remember you'd ask people, you know, where do you work? What's your job title? And then it was always how much you get paid, and it was like I met so many people. Oh, I just do business basics, or I just teach the fifth grade program, and I'm like. Huh, I do the elementary school programs, the middle school programs, the high school programs, and the after school program, and I make $13,000 a year. And they're looking at me like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a tough, tough economic time over in New Bedford. But, um, you know, you love the program, and that's why you do it. And, and I really did. I liked what I was doing. They liked the faculty I worked with, and I absolutely loved all the students. So it was just priceless to see their, their faces when they understand business and economics and get to put the pen together and buy stock and all that fun stuff. So it was fun. And, and I get to meet people like you that I still talk to, you know, 20 something years later. So how bad can it be? Right. Not bad at all. You, no, get, you get to it's hang, a good deal. You get to hang with the popular people still. Apparently. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was with the cool kids for a change. <laughs> <laughs> and how sad is it that the cool kids took you to the library? Right. Yes. Well, let's play hooky from the conference and go to the library. <laughs> if that doesn't put my whole life in perspective, I really don't know what does. <laughs> oh, and I, and I, I've so wanted to ask, cause I can't ask, you know, Kathy Hager cause she'll never tell me. Because I don't, I don't know if she knew that I skipped out. <laughs> She'd be so disappointed. But I was trying to remember what exactly was happening that we ditched. Because it wasn't the Monopoly game, which, I'm sorry, that just did not work for me. No. So I don't remember. Did they give us the afternoon off and they had, like, planned events? 
and buses. And I'm like, I am not getting on that bus to go with those people. <laughs> they must have. But, yeah, I, I mean, they had a lot of different activities. They did a, a lot of, I think, group things. But I think there was a lot of free time. Okay. <laughs> and, and even still. You no, know, it was so long ago. I can't remember yesterday, Marvin. Really? <laughs> what year were those at? 1990? 1992? Yeah, 1992. Ew. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, that was too long ago. All right. So let's, uh, let's come closer in years to what you may remember. Oh, goody. How is... How is the Northeast dealing with the loss of Tom Brady? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think most people are in mourning. Um, You know, it's really difficult to accept, but, you know, we're we're pretty excited with Cam Newton, so we'll see what happens. (laughs) You're so excited that he got benched this last Sunday. Well, you know, hey, as long as it gets COVID and they shut the whole league down, it's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, that I think that was the funniest thing. It's like one person can't play, so nobody has to play. I'm like, wow, where was that rule when you needed it, when somebody got an injury, right? <laughs> and you used to have an injury report. <laughs> oh, my thumb hurt, so I'm going to sit on the bench. Wait, no, we got to cancel the game because Tom Brady can't play today. That never happened. So, you know, clearly the league likes Cam Newton better than they ever liked Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't think the league got a chance to like Tom Brady because Coach Belichick always intervened. Yeah. <laughs> On to Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, well. Just, yeah. I just, you know, here's the thing. Tom may be a nice guy, but because he played for New England, Oh, I hated him. Just the, just the smugness. And, you know, it all started with that damn tuck rule. I mean, his whole legacy is based off a made up rule on the field (laughs) to allow them to win a game. They had no business winning. Uh, Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, struck, really? struck that, a nerve there. You're going to base his entire career on that one role. Yep. On I, that one day. I am. On that one thing. Well, okay, okay. let's, let's say that's point, that's step number two. First thing yeah. is the rule that you never lose your job due to injury, but Drew Bledsoe, who basically okay. got a sternum ripped out, <laughs> <laughs> allowed for Tom to, to step in. And, you know, take them on to that playoff yeah. run. And the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl. So, yeah, so so that in the tuck rule, yes. Well, I, you know, I can't say I was ever a Bledsoe fan because I wasn't. And every time he threw the ball, I would close my eyes and cringe and go, please don't drop it, please don't drop it, please don't drop it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was nice when Tom threw the ball and people caught it. You know, it was kind of refreshing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was really unfortunate for him. <laughs> I guess that in that way he lost his job. 
um, you know, for New England as a whole, it was the right decision, I think, for the team. Oh, of course. Yeah, clearly based on the results. Of course. You know, but for, for all the people who hate New England, I, I just need to bring you back to the 80s when they couldn't win a game <laughs> or would get to the Super Bowl and get cremated. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been painful to be a Patriot fan growing up and for a really long time. So, you know, the 2000s were really not <laughs> very enjoyable for a change. So, yeah, so the New England Patriots, the Boston yeah. Red Sox. Red Sox. Absolutely. Celtics. Absolutely yeah. busting. Bruins. The Bruins, yeah. Yeah, they all did pretty well. You know, it just took a couple hundred years, but now we've finally got a sports team that can, you know, win. Yeah, but that, you know, that's all going away. Of course it will, you know, because, you know, everything happens and it cycles and it'll change and, you know, whatever. All right. Everybody gets a chance to win, right? Isn't that what we do now? Everybody gets a trophy. (laughs) Everybody gets to be happy. everybody's equal. Mm-hmm. We don't keep score anymore. Pretty soon they won't even keep score. It, it was just for fun. Everybody is a winner. Yeah, but it's hard to play for fun when you're making a hundred million, right? Oh, I don't know. I think I'd have a lot of fun if I was making a hundred million dollars. <laughs> you know what? It is amazing how now granted players are talented. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that they're not. Yeah. But players played a lot harder for a lot less money than many years ago. Yes, that's true. And, you know, in basketball, they have this thing that they've come up with over the last few years called load management, Mm -hmm. which basically means I get to take a few games off during the season. And my my comment is, why? (laughs) Vacation time? (laughs) Your your work schedule is, I mean, I, I can't say it's less than a teacher. But it's, no, it probably is. What do they work, like one day? You know, how many days a year do they actually work? Well, I mean, listen, they have to work out. You know, they have to go to the gym and work out. Yeah, that's, yeah, but come on. They have to sit in class and learn plays. And they're not all road scholars. So that's pretty difficult. And then they play a few games a year. Yeah. And I would trade my career in a heartbeat for that. All right. For half the pay. For half the pay. (laughs) I'd work for less. (laughs) Hire me. I'll work for a fraction of what you're paying any of those guys. Ah, the joy. So let's do a transition. Your work now that you'd rather give up. So you left Junior Achievement and did a few things. You were in school for a very long time, I remember. Mm. And I don't remember the road to get to where you are, but you became a lawyer. Yes. So take us through that process. and Because here's the thing. I first want to know why did you choose to be a lawyer? And two, did it really take as long as I thought it did? Okay. Um, Why I became a lawyer. Let's see. There's a couple (laughs) of reasons. (laughs) None of them are good, but there were a few reasons. 
Um, so ironically, I will take you back to, you know, high school and career day when walking around the school gym and talking to different people and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And, and obviously since career basketball player was not an option for me being five, two, and I can't play basketball. Um, the next best thing that paid a lot of money was in-house counsel. And I thought, Oh, that sounds like fun. I can do that. And, you know, what do you do all day? Well, you just read contracts. Oh, that sounds like fun. And you negotiate and fight with people. Oh, yeah, that's me. Sign me up. Okay. So that didn't happen for a really long time. And like you said, I started in junior achievement and some other nonprofits. Um, and, and then ended up getting a degree in quality because that only took 12 months. And that sounded like fun and was interesting. And I did that for many years. And one day I kind of said, I'm bored. And quality is not challenging. And you know what? I think now is a really good time to go back to law school. And it was truly just like on a complete whim that I woke up one day and said, I think I'm going to school. And and so I did. <laughs> and I went to law school. And it took three and a half years because I, I took the first semester off to give birth to my daughter. Um, in between breaks, so otherwise it would have been three years, so I had the extra six months, but that's okay. Um, and and then, you know, I studied a lot, and then I took the bar in the fall and found out I passed and was sworn in that December, so that's how I became a lawyer and and why I did it. <laughs> now okay. ask me if I'm sorry I did it. <laughs> Well, okay, because I was going back because I was trying to remember, okay, I remember her doing something before that, but I didn't remember the title and I didn't remember where. Mm. And I so now that you said quality, I'm like, okay, yeah, but I still don't remember exactly what you did. And then I remember the whole going to now <laughs> ask you if you're sorry you did it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. But, you know, for the longest time, people would ask me that. They'd say, oh, my kid wants to go to law school. What do I tell them? And I'd say, don't go. And they go, yeah, that's funny. I go, no, seriously, don't do it. Um, I don't know what you're thinking. It's not like TV. It's not easy to find a job. It's really hard work. And nobody makes a lot of money for the first 10 years. So seriously, just don't do it. And and then everybody goes and does it. So I don't know what they're thinking. Um, but... Because everybody it's wants to be and it's not fun. Everybody wants to be Johnny Cochran. Or oh oh wait wait. Boston Legal. Did you watch that yeah. show? That was an awesome show. Everybody wants to be Denny Crane. And if all my cases resolved in thirty to sixty minutes, it would have been awesome too. But you know, it just doesn't work that way. And forget And you don't win every case and, and you don't come home with hundreds of thousands of dollars every day either. Mm. So and if someone's figured that out, can they please call me and hire me? Because I'd really like to do that now. <laughs> well, Dr. Jason Bull practices in, in your area, doesn't he? <laughs> you don't watch that show either? Bull? No. Oh, that's a good one. With Michael See, Weatherly? I, I think, you know, doctors don't watch doctor shows because they probably pick apart everything that's wrong with them. Like lawyers don't watch of course. law shows because they go, that's not real. Sure, if I had a script and people knowing what to say, I would have done much better in court, too. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. 
That yeah, is true. No, I, I don't get any joy out of watching any of those shows. <laughs> so I think I told you before. So I think my biggest client with the last time it came down was a law firm. Mm-hmm. I fired them. My biggest client now is a law firm. And actually about 75% of my business is law firms. Nice. And they are such a joy to work with. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do I, the IT stuff still, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So so why don't you just put my name in the system and see how many paychecks I can draw before they figure it out? <laughs> well, you got to meet your minimum billable hours because hours. yeah. So most of my attorneys are in insurance defense. Oh, and I, fun! And I don't know, you know, how much you did with your contract stuff, but insurance defense, you know, it's it's all about getting those billable hours in. It's all about settling for less. And We're not paying at all. Right. Yeah. Getting your uh, defense uh, verdicts. Mm-hmm. And if you settle for X amount less than what we told you, you get a little bonus. Yeah, I bet they do. Yeah, I hate those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a game. You know, you, you have, because I did a lot of um, plaintiff work and, some personal injury stuff. And it's like, it's like, I don't know. I want to say spinning a roulette wheel, like pick a number, like here's what I think my case is worth. And then your defense side picks a number, what they think it's worth. And you're you're right. It's like playing poker. I'm not telling you my cards. I'm not showing you what I got. And I'm not telling you what I'll settle for, but let's go back and forth till we find a number. Right. Awful. It's a horrible practice. It is interesting. Just, yeah, okay, that's in, a good word. Just in case any of my clients are listening. Because <laughs> <laughs> somehow they kind of try to sneak into my personal life. And Uh-oh. That's always fun. Yeah, oh, good. Well, have them call me. <laughs> All right. All right, so you've been doing this so that – let me think. So you've been doing this definitely – 10 plus years now. Are we going on 15? Let's see. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Yeah. 14 years. So going on 15. All right. See, I keep keep track of stuff. I know. It's horrifying. Like, when did I get old? You really want me to answer that? No. No. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were my friend. <laughs> you got a couple of kids I'll uh, ask to come into the <laughs> Right? I, yeah, please. Oh, my God. My daughter turned 17. She's learning to drive, and she's applying to colleges. And I'm like, it's just not possible. It's crazy. Which part? All of it. It's all crazy. <laughs> There's no way she's 17. Like, check the math. I can't be right. <laughs> but maybe she'll get a... Uh... Scholarship. She's a band geek, right? Maybe she'll get a a music scholarship. Yeah, I'd be happy if she gets any money. It'll be really nice because I can't get over how expensive college is. Crazy. 
Well, you you'll be happy to know that most colleges are keeping tuition at you know twenty twenty levels for twenty twenty one. Oh yay! Because <laughs> can they roll them back like twenty years? <laughs> yeah, they're keeping them at the same rate, but then they're not even letting you come on campus. So no. Yeah, uh, pay us pay us the same fifteen thousand a year, but do everything right? virtual. Right. Well, at least they're not charging room and board when you're living at home. <laughs> right. That's probably a that's probably a huge drain on the bottom line. I bet. Yeah. I've learned that most places charge the same for room and board as they do tuition. Get out. Yeah. Yep. If if tuition is like 12 grand, room and board is 12 grand. It's crazy. Wow. So I'm telling you, I'm going to start buying houses up around like really popular schools and start renting them. I've heard that's the way to go. I've heard people do that. Yeah. But then. They hate having to clean up every semester because <laughs> college students. students are <laughs> yeah. And they trash your house. They trash the place. You have holes in walls and busted up furniture. Yeah. Well, maybe you just put the cinder blocks in like they do in most dorms and then they can't make holes in it. No, then they use those to throw them through windows. Well, not if they're cemented to the wall. <laughs> oh, okay. So is she. Like you said, she's applying. So is she looking for schools in-state or is she looking to travel? She's looking at both. So she's looking within Massachusetts and in New Jersey right now. Okay. Is that really out of state? (laughs) Hey. Yeah. That's out of Massachusetts. (laughs) Six hours away. (laughs) Is that out of state? It's out of New Bedford. Yeah, it's not here. I don't know if it's better, but it's not here. <laughs> oh, my. I know. Is she, uh, so you, I know that she, like I said, I know that she's doing the band thing. I've seen that on your Facebook page. What else yeah. is she doing? Um, was she the, well, wait, was know, she the one in, 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 um, were you, you were like a brownie scout leader? No. She was in brownies, right? She was in brownies. Okay. But I was not a scout leader. Oh. Let's not go there. I no. could see you as a scout leader. No. Could you picture that? Come on. I don't see how that would ever work. I picture you um, doing the bed night checks at the tents. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please. I don't camp. I'd be like, all right, kids, good night. I'll be at the Marriott. I'll see you tomorrow after breakfast. (laughs) Um, She was in brownies a long time ago in elementary school. Um, But in, in high school, she was more in the band. Like you said, she plays several instruments and she was in the color guard and then she enjoyed theater. So she did the musicals and the school plays. Oh, well, there you go. She could go into the performing arts to become an actress. I, I've been telling her that for years. She's um, very talented and she photographs exceptionally well. So I think we should have pushed her harder and taken her for more auditions. But we were not going to be those types of parents. So we didn't do it. You weren't going to be those druggy parents? Dragging, yeah, those dragging crazy your, people. Dragging we your did kids it twice. Everywhere? It didn't work out so well. So we're like, really? We're <laughs> we tried. 
Yep. All right, but who got her to play those weird instruments? Because she wasn't playing just your regular flute, you know, thing. She was, what was it? She was playing a cello. Did I say that correctly? Double bass. Double bass. So it's like four times the size of a cello. <laughs> out of here. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, well, so she's she wanted to play the violin. And she, she asked <laughs> to play the violin when she was like in third grade. Yeah, we said, no, that's too small. Get a double bass. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Kayla, you can do better than that. Don't settle for the small instrument. You want the big one. Uh, No, so she played the violin through um, all through elementary school, through middle school, and then she started at the high school with the violin. And then she decided she was going to change to the viola and try something different. And that was about the time the band director said to her, we really need someone to play the double bass because their double bassist was graduating. And she's the only one who knows how to play the stringed instrument. So he asked her to play and she's like, okay, I guess so. (laughs) So there she was from the little violin to the little tiny viola to the big humongous double bass that is three times her size. And that's how she started playing that ridiculously humongous instrument. Um, and she loves it. She absolutely loves it. So it's it's pretty funny to watch. For a while, I wasn't sure her arms were long enough to reach the top of the neck and play it at the same time. <laughs> Thought we were going to have to get her a step stool. <laughs> wow. So has she identified who will be taking her spot? Because this sounds like one of those legacy positions that gets handed down from generation. Somebody stuck <laughs> with for three or four years and... I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea if they've identified the uh, the next person to to carry the torch. So we'll find out. All right. And your son also is a a band geek. He is. Yeah. He also picked a really easy instrument, the slide trombone. So that's interesting <laughs> and fun to listen to. Because slide trombones are all over. Boston parades, right? Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they're they're very common. People just break them out in the grocery store and start playing and marching. Around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just so easy to play and carry and fit right in your pocket. You know, all that good stuff. <laughs> I, you know, it's a good thing you didn't go for the tuba. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I don't think there's an SUV big enough for both those instruments. No. No. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Yeah, it's oh. pretty funny. It's nice. I'm glad they're talented because I have absolutely zero musical talent, so it's nice. We don't know where they got it from because it's definitely not me and it's definitely not my husband. So, Really? Yeah. He strikes me. He strikes me as somebody that may have dabbled. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. Because he didn't strike me as the sports guy, so. Yeah. No, I think he's more athletic, that's for sure, than definitely than he is musical, so. Okay. Yeah. He's still playing hockey. Oh, When the rinks are open. I'm sorry. I I just never counted hockey. (laughs) Hockey is a sport? Oh, my. Okay. Here we go. Yes. I'm in Hockey Florida. Doesn't count because you're in Florida. That's right. And you drink ice, not skate on it. I get it. I get it. Okay. 
I know. Hey, we have the Florida Panthers. Winter. We have the Florida Panthers. They, I think they made the, uh, they made the, what is it? The cup, the Stanley cup. Oh, yeah. They did that one year. One year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you need to go study hockey. I'm not talking to you again until you study hockey. <laughs> I'm not studying hockey. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. They skate. They shoot this little puck around thing. It's all good. Between... You guys probably play lacrosse up there too, don't you? Mm, I don't think it's as big. Not in Massachusetts for some reason. Okay. It was big in Carolina when I was there. Yeah. You know, I think it was big in New York because I remember my the woman who commented on my your picture. Um, she always played lacrosse. I mean, it was just not a thing here that I remember. Hmm. So speaking of the picture, so I know that she commented saying, what in the heck is this or whatever like that. (laughs) So I originally posted this as a live show and of course, you know, pushed it out on YouTube and the Facebook. And I probably should have apologized at the start of the show for people because there were actually people waiting on the YouTube (laughs) to watch you. (laughs) So I should ask. And Uh-oh. I don't always get to ask this of the guests, but did you have people contact you and say, what's going on? What are you doing? What is this? No. Okay. Just I just I just saw the posting and then I saw Michelle's comment. So nobody has called yet. So we'll see what happens. All right. They will when this uh, comes out on audio. I am sure this will blow up my home phone. <laughs> Because I'm one of five people who still have a landline. I know what a landline. I have a landline. (laughs) Actually, I shouldn't say that. Let me rephrase that. I have the original number (laughs) that I have (laughs) for the landline, but it was converted to a VoIP line, but it still has the analog connection. Okay. If you can follow that math. Yeah. Is the phone still attached to the wall? Technically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but is it avocado green or is it yellow? <laughs> no, and the cord is not 10 feet. No. <laughs> Rotary dial. <laughs> I was trying to explain that to the nephews the other day. They just didn't get it. No, huh? Like, I like you- when you old movies like from the 80s and they have some of those phones and people are like what's that <laughs> like no you have to wait for the nine to get all the way back around <laughs> right <laughs> how did you ever win a radio call-in show contest when you had to dial all those numbers <laughs> that's why yeah, touch tone the touch tone was huge oh that was amazing when it came out but the best was the touch tone that still did the rotary dial. Yes, because it still made all the beeping noises. Even though you had the buttons. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was like for people who couldn't really jump just to the uh, push button touch tone. 
you know, you had to gradually move from rotary. It was the soothing noise of the, the rotary dial. Yeah. Kind of like moving from dial up internet to DSL <laughs> to hear the soothing noise of the ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It was kind of like the fax machine sound when you accidentally called a fax machine. You've got mail. <laughs> I just liked all the beeping. <laughs> that was um, on. Oh, what did we just watch the other day? Because you know, this is how old we are when we're watching movies and we get nostalgic. Oh, the proposal. Oh yes, yep. And for those of you that don't know, the proposal with Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock. Oh, yep. And they have to, she needs her computer because she lost her phone or no, the, the bird took her phone yes. and she goes into the internet cafe and he gives her all these dimes to plug into the computer. <laughs> that was good. Yes. All right. Like the good old payphone. Ah, pay phones, yes. Pay phones. Remember, they were supposed to just take dimes to school. When you're done with practice, just call me. <laughs> Go to the pay phone with the dime. Call mom. I'm done. Come get me. And it was a line, just like you were in jail, of people <laughs> waiting to use the pay phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Next. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, so we, um, interesting. What else do we want to talk about in memory lane? Oh, <laughs> want to talk about Berber and shag carpet? <laughs> Plastic on the couch. Didn't want anything to do with it. Oh my gosh. My grandparents had that for the longest time. <clears throat> Go in the summer. You'd stick to it. It was just awful. Why did they even invent that? Was it really difficult to clean a couch? Come on, it was upholstery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we look back now and you just kind of wonder, right? Like the the entire world has changed so much. Mm -hmm. And it's you know, it's true. You my your grandparents had Crazy ornate furniture covered in plastic because you couldn't get it dirty. They didn't want you to sit on it. You're not allowed to touch it. And and now my kids jump on my furniture like it's a trampoline. <laughs> and it's meant to be jumped on. Like, who knew? And, and you have commercials where you spill red wine on everything you own, and it just comes right off. And mm -hmm. it's just amazing that, that this is where we are now, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I was trying to picture my childhood homes. Did you have to vacuum every day after school? Not me. Okay. I did. <laughs> and mom and dad would come home and look for the lines in the carpet to see if you actually vacuumed. 
That's great. <laughs> what did you do all day that you were so dirty you needed to vacuum every day? <laughs> I wasn't there half the time. I was in, I was in school. I had practice because I was in right. sports. I had to go pick up my sister. So it wasn't like we were home. Both parents worked. Nobody was there. You just had to, <laughs> just had to you just you were chores. You did your chores. <laughs> you know, and and it's funny because when you say that, like that was like such a big thing when we were little was carpet, right? Everybody had wall to wall carpet. Yep. And and now it's you know, nobody wants carpet, everybody wants hardwood floors. You know, it's it's so different, right? Because because it's not the same to vacuum a hardwood floor. And you don't get those cool lines to prove you did your chores. Right? No, now it's about swifting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I watched that commercial the other day with that, that woman <laughs> sitting on her floor. I'm like, she's got a nice couch, but she sits on the floor and then goes, ew, my floor's filthy. I'm like, well, stop sitting on it. But she's got the world's smallest Swiffer. To clean this big, huge, I mean, she's a mansion, right? She's this big, huge house, wall-to-wall hardwood floors. And I'm like, you know, maybe Swiffer should come in sizes. Like, maybe that should just be bigger. Like the one the janitor had at the school. You know, the big, huge, wide one? <laughs> yes. I'm thinking, this poor woman's cleaning her house with, like, it's not even a full 12 inches. It's not even a ruler size, right? The thing's got to be seven inches. I'm like, it must take her hours to clean the house with that thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so the big broom. <laughs> so we still use that. So I, you know, when I was playing ball up until a few years ago, we'd have to go to the gym, and we would have to wipe down the gym floor, and that big, huge, extra wide <laughs> broom is yeah, what mom. we had. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember bringing my nephew, and he's like, "What are you doing? We gotta, <laughs> we gotta sweep the floor." He's like, "Why?" Nobody knows because that's what we do. Because you got to hear the squeaks from the tennis shoes, right? That's right. But everything is smaller now, so we have. Oh, speaking of, I got to remind Kim. So our Dyson broke at the office. Oh no! So. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, maybe not. <laughs> so we got to go see if it can be repaired, or else we got to buy something new. Because you know, there's no carpet at the office; it's it's all tile that we put in. So I got to check on that. I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should get one of those mops then, maybe. So we got. don't need a vacuum. Well, we had a Swiffer at the house, and I hated it because, <laughs> like you said, basically it was it was Kleenex on a stick, is really what it was. <laughs> and one sheet barely got a room done. Right. Of course, we didn't have the big fluffy ones that they have now. Yeah, but they're fluffy, but they're still not wider. No, no, but they. <laughs> They still need to be three times the width. But they have those grabby microfiber things on them now. Yeah. And I have those fuzzy purple things that were supposed to work with static electricity and just 
attract all the dust, but I'm not sure those ever worked either. <laughs> those ones that you, you use on those your, things? Yeah. <laughs> I think we got a couple of those, and we were going to clean our ceiling fans with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never worked, did it? <laughs> it just pushed all the dust around. You might as well turn the fan on and let it blow the dust off the things. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a funny concept when if you just turn the fan on enough, why would the dust even settle there? Wouldn't it just blow right off? And you can tell that we never used ours because we we finally got sick of looking at our fan in the back room. And we had these big, dark brown beams and this big, ugly brown fan. And, you know, probably from 1970, 1980. And my husband took it down, and I can't even tell you how thick the layer of dust was on the top of this thing. It was just so disgusting. <laughs> it's like, get it outside. Take it away. It was awful. Oh my. And then we repainted it. We bought, you know, good old spray paint, spray painted the whole thing, painted the beam. It's like the whole room looks completely different. <laughs> wow. You painted the fan, you said? Yeah, we painted the fan silver. With that Krylon paint? Yeah, what? Hey, look, three dollars at Walmart, whatever it was. Krylon Rustoleum, right? There you go. Can't go wrong. It was that or buy a new fan. So we figured we'd go with the low risk option first. If the spray paint didn't work, then we could buy a new one. Is that one of your rooms that gets used a lot? Yeah, that's our. It's our back room. It's our sunroom. So it's sunroom. The sunroom. That yeah, you use. With, the, with the hot tub in it. Is that your one-season room? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, shut up. Stop picking on New England. <laughs> we have a four-season. storm doors, it works all four seasons. Storm doors? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually sliders. We have we have four sets of sliding glass doors in that room. Okay. So it's it's like a glass room that we stuck a hot tub in. It's very nice. <laughs> that doesn't sound wrong at all. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yes, and it has skylights too. So what what could be bad? We didn't design it. It came that way. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I'll blame the crazy prior owners to the house that put that addition on, not me. Yeah, but they probably didn't think that putting in a hot tub would take up all the room, right? I, I, I think they did because when I, when we bought the house, they, they actually had one of those really big hot tubs actually in the floor. So the room was built around the hot tub. Oh, okay. Yeah. So clearly they were into that stuff. So we just had to figure out how to get the humongous hot tub out of the floor and fix the floor and put a new one in. So we had... Because when you have a hot tub from 1980, it stops working and nobody wants to fix it because all of the companies that invented those are out of business now. What, Leslie's pool, pinch a penny, couldn't come take care of that? No, mm -mm. Would not do it. They're like, you have what in the house? I go, <laughs> this. So we bring a picture and they went, ha that's funny. 
And then they'd say, how are you getting that out? We're like, oh, wait, you don't do that? They're like, no. We're like, I don't know how we're getting this thing out. I probably weigh a thousand pounds with one solid fiberglass top in the, in the ground. We're supposed to dig that up and get it out the sliding glass door. Mm-hmm. 1-800-JUNK. Gotcha, right? <laughs> yeah, just point and we make it disappear. Okay, ready, guys? Here's a challenge. <laughs> Let's see you do this one. <laughs> so when yeah, we, I'm pretty sure that's that's when they disappear. <laughs> yeah. So when we bought our house, the back patio was just a slab, and there was an electrical outlet put out there for a hot tub. Okay. But there was no walls or ceilings or anything. So when we got there, of course, no hot tub was there. Thank goodness, because we wouldn't have used it. (laughs) So we built our patio around that, well, on the slab. Yeah. But um, no jacuzzi there. No jacuzzi? No. So what do you do with the outlet? So that outlet is unused because it's at the very end of the house, but we had additional outlets put in so that we could have our TV and our fridge and all of that stuff. Very nice. Yep. And then we got the roof. When we get the roof, we got uh, ceiling fans with lights in the roof. So it's a three season room. And it was that far away from the other refrigerator that you needed a separate Refrigerator for that room? Oh, come on. Yes. Don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to have to go back inside just to get a drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot you had that like five acre mansion and it was just so far away from the, the, the grand kitchen. <laughs> You've seen how far the pool is from the house. Yes. Yes. My bad. I mean, it's a trek from the pool to the patio. So. If you want to get it. quench a thirst, have the fridge right there. Don't you have servants to just bring you drinks? <laughs> you just like ring a bell and somebody comes and says, yes, what can I get you? <laughs> no, I don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, you may want to think about that someday. <laughs> and, and the nephew quite doesn't understand yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, he does, but I, I can't say to the nephew, Bring me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget the time we had, um, we must have had soda for a party. So it was like Pepsi or something. And it was in the bright blue can and it was in the fridge. So my kids, you know, again, were like, oh, soda. Cause they don't usually drink a lot of soda. And my son was a lot younger at the time. And then of course, Dave still plays hockey. And then they'd rotate buying beer for hockey. So if there was leftovers, he'd bring it home. So one day he came home with the leftover beer and it's in the fridge. And my son goes in, he goes, can I have this? And he grabs the Bud Light thinking it was soda and Pepsi oh. and not realizing that it was Bud Light. Oh. And and I hesitated because for a moment I'm like, do I say yes and see what he does when he drinks it, not realizing what it is or just say no? So it was um, it was pretty funny because, you know, he was very disappointed when he learned it was beer and not soda. <laughs> As long as he stays disappointed, right? Yes. Yes. Well, it was Bud Light. (laughs) (laughs) 
Come on now. <laughs> I know. I'm just picking on everything today. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really not this bad. <laughs> you are on your best behavior. Come on now. Uh, I'm trying. It's been a long day. <laughs> so are you still, how much work are you actually doing with COVID? Because, you know, we're still under semi-lockdown here in Florida. What's what's it like up there right now? Um, so I try not to work with COVID, um, but <laughs> work anyway. <laughs> but no, we... Um, <clears throat> It's, you know, for me, I'm still working. I don't go to the office, but I'm still working nine hour days. Um, so we're still open. We are still doing what we do. I'm still busy as anything. Um, things are open, like stores are open, restaurants are open. Um, with the exception of, I guess, some girls hockey team that came down with COVID that they shut that down. Um, hockey had reopened. My husband got to play a few games. Um, they just shut that down for the magical two weeks. And then, of course, COVID goes away in two weeks. As we've all learned back in March, it goes away in two weeks. Um, so, you know, hockey should reopen. But, you know, for the most part, it's, I want to say, almost okay. <laughs> like, you, you feel a little like normal, but, <clears throat> you know, little dumb things here and there. Yeah. You know, you know everybody's still wearing the mask and six feet apart and, and then supposedly that makes it all better, but you know, you, you can still go to the grocery store. You can still go to the mall. You can still go out to dinner. I don't think the movie theater is open yet, but that's okay. (laughs) All right. So when you had to make the transition, so how remote ready was your office? Um, you know, I think, well, for us and and most of my jobs in the last few years, I mean, everybody has laptops anyway. So I had a laptop, I had VPN, you know, it really wasn't a big deal. The first, you know, that when they, when they said in March, that's it, we're going to shut down, go home for two weeks. It was like, okay, I, you know, packed up my computer. I took my work cell phone and I went home. And, and that was fine and it worked great for two weeks. And then when they said we're going to be here longer, um, my company was actually pretty good about it and made work from home kits available. So you could order monitors, you could order keyboards, you could order headsets, you could order, um, docking stations. And then shortly after they did, they did some more employee surveys about working from home and what you needed. And from that, they decided that you could get um, a desk chair if people needed chairs because a lot of people were working at their kitchen table or their sunroom or their dining room and didn't have appropriate seating with their their desks and whatnot. So then they opened up um, a pre-approved list of chairs or a stipend. You could go and and buy yourself a desk chair. Um, So I have a whole setup going now. So it's, it was really good. I mean, they did a really good job relatively quickly and, and made it really easy. To All right. So she just stepped away from the mic, folks. That's why you heard her disappear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My other phone is binging. I went to shut it off. <laughs> so I see the chair you got. I don't think that that was on the pre-approved list of office chair. That looks like a gaming chair. 
is a gaming chair, <laughs> but it was under the stipend amount, so I got it paid for. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, ironically, the gaming chairs actually meet all the ergonomic um, requirements. So it had the base it needed to have, it had the lumbar support and the full adjustability. So it met all of the requirements. So they paid for it. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Your kids try to sit in it or steal it? Not yet, no. Sweet. Yeah. All right. How big is your firm? Um, so you, you might want to expand on that question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How big is your firm? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't work for a firm. That's why. <laughs> so I practice law on my own. So my law firm is myself. Um, I'm working full time for Raytheon. Okay, that means nothing to me. Please explain. Really? <sighs> so really? I said I. I, I so, can't research so everything. Technologies um, makes the Patriot missile system. That's protecting the United States and many countries around the world for many, many years, okay. um, as well as some other missiles and defense systems. Um, and with the merger that completed this spring, we also um, have Collins Aerospace and Pratt Whitney in our in our wheelhouse now. So we dominate aerospace and defense. Okay. Well, you made it sound like, you know, we sent out employee surveys and this and that. So yeah. I was like, okay. They did. they did. I just filled them out. I had a list of demands. <laughs> All right. Now it's a, it's a great company, and they really take care of us. So it's it's they've made it a, a very easy transition, right. which is which is nice. And they've been supporting people and taking time off and that work life balance. Um, and, and just trying to adjust to everything that's going on. So the the benefits and the support system really has been has been wonderful with Raytheon. All right. And to help listeners understand that are still with us, the fact that you are in-house counsel, it is your firm. No, that's that's all changed too. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you said at the beginning of the show? No, I said that was my dream job. Oh, 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 I just assumed you had the dream job. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm still working on the dream job. You hit the 10 year mark, and I thought it was it. (laughs) No. So, well, that's the goal. I'm just not quite there yet. Um, So, I had, so I've been practicing law on my own since I graduated and passed the bar but never went to work for a real law firm other than myself, uh, but pursued my quality career. And that's kind of where I am. So I actually started at Raytheon in a quality position. And and now I'm trying to mingle and meet some nice attorneys that might want to hire me so I can fulfill that dream job of being in-house counsel. So that that's the next step. Okay. That's what I'm working on. All right. So back to quality. Back to quality. <laughs> the good old standby. Hey. Gotta have a plan B, right? It pays the bills, man. <laughs> and gets you free gaming chair. I mean, gets you gaming chairs. <laughs> <laughs> gets me gaming chairs. And a new monitor and a docking station. Yeah. I work hard. Nobody nobody Thank ever you. said I'm you, very busy. Nobody said you didn't work hard. Okay. I mean, 
you're always tired and flustered and (laughs) (laughs) tired and flustered. I'm old. I have old children. I have two jobs. I'm exhausted. Yes. Just can somebody please put me in a home? I really just need to go to a home where I could just sit around and drool all day long. That's all I want to do. Well, you were coming down to Florida every other year for vacation. You had to get away. Yes. I know. I miss coming to Florida. What happened with that? Um, unfortunately, my grandfather passed away. <gasps> yeah. Oh. So that was kind of sad. So we didn't make it down that year. Sorry. To and hear we that. were supposed to come this past April and then COVID shut the country down. So there goes that vacation. So it's it's been a while. So now we're trying to figure out what to do with my your credit on JetBlue and where we're going to go. Because, you know, they'll fly you anywhere, but, you know, half the hotels aren't open and then half the places you go to won't let you leave. Right. So it's kind of scary to take a vacation because you can't go anywhere. And that's only good for a year, right? I think they extended it because if it was, I would go all crazy on them. But <laughs> if they use some of that lawyer stuff and go, come on, I need my money back. This is crazy. Oh, wow. I would. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, you know, we booked, we booked the trip to Florida. It was spring break week, which, you know, gotta love the airlines, you know, oh, it's spring break week up north and you want to go somewhere warm. (laughs) Here's your price for that ticket. Um, So we had, we had this crazy, ridiculously overpriced airfare, um, which, you know, we did because again, the school band was going to march down main street at Disney and they had all of these activities planned. So my daughter wanted to go. So we're like, all right, we'll all go with you. You know, we make the trip. I booked everything. We had the place in Disney. We had an excursion planned. You know, we had everything. We, like, whatever the band was doing, we were doing on top of that. So I booked it all separate. We're ready to go. And before, and the only way to get a halfway decent price on the flights was we booked a connection, which stinks because it's only a three-hour flight so i'm like yeah but i couldn't i couldn't justify the ridiculous amount of money they wanted so we booked a connection through like new york or something and a couple of months into it we get a call from JetBlue or an email that says they needed to change the flight so if this isn't okay you know you can call us so of course they changed the flight i'm like this doesn't work at all for me now so i call them and i go okay this doesn't work i need to be on another flight or i can't go so they're like okay well what flight do you want? So we, now this is fun. Now I get to pick my flight. So now I get the direct flight. So then, of course, the customer service rep says, well, if you have a direct flight going down, you need a direct flight coming back. I'm like, oh, okay, twist my arm, right? Like, all right, that's fine. So now she tells me I can pick any flight I want. And, of course, because they made the change, they're paying all the change fees. They're paying all the differences. I don't pay anything. So right. now I'm just picking all the flights I want. This is awesome, right? I'm like, this never works for us, right? We never get lucky. This is not going to last. Something's going to happen because this is too good to be true. So would you not believe, uh, of course it's too good to be true because April rolls around and the entire world is shut down due to COVID. All that good so karma our entire trip gets and you can't use it. Right? right. Only me. Only I could like go, yay, look, we got direct flights and not the other ones. And yeah. Now we have no flights. So our flights were like $1,600 for the four of us to go from Boston to Fort Lauderdale or Orlando. And after they shut everything down, 
the airlines were still flying. So the exact same flight was now $20 a person. So if Disney was open, <laughs> you would have been there. I could have traded the tickets in for like a hundred bucks. So it was now like $114 for the four of us to go to Orlando instead of $1,600. Huh. I'm like, for that, I could have paid for the upgrade to first class. That's right. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure in April, we would have been the only ones on the entire plane. So it would have been like our own private jet. So, you know, we were still, let's see, we were in lockdown. Oh, no, because you wouldn't have been able to come visit us because, you know, we live south of the border where our three counties, Palm Beach, Broward, and Dade, you know, we operate completely different than the rest of the state. <laughs> so you'd have been fine in Orlando, but not fine down here. Not there. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it, it really made it tough because, like, it was, it was great if you wanted to fly somewhere because, like, they were doing $10 flights. $15 flights, but it's like, other than just hanging out on the airplane, I don't know what you're going to do because once you got someplace, there was no way to stay. And then you had to quarantine or you, they wouldn't let you off the plane. Like it was just crazy. Yeah. You would have had to, I guess you could rack, rack up frequent flyer miles for that price though. <laughs> That's true. You just fly back and forth. Right. Rack up the miles and then you can use them next year or the year after when you're right able to fly again yeah yeah we i was thinking even just going to washington dc and the flights to dc were like 20 30 bucks a person and i'm like okay that's cool let's go to dc none of the hotels were open and then i thought about it and i'm like well who cares we'll just fly home because it's so cheap it's cheaper than a hotel anyway so we'll fly home saturday night we can fly back sunday nice Oh, man. Yeah, I'm ready for it to be over. Yep. I'm kind of done. I think we all are. Yeah, I'm over it. I Be think far. it's time for just a mutiny. Well, and the best part of it is you got a free T-shirt out of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my birthday T-shirt. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> And just to think, I put that in the closing montage and nobody will see it. Oh, awesome. Perfect. That'll be great. Until next time, because I think I'm just going to leave it in there. <laughs> That'll be perfect. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> All right. So at some point, we'll have to chat again and find out when you will be traveling south. Yes. And I did not realize, you know, I should have, you probably did tell me and I forgot or something that that's the reason you weren't coming down to Fort Lauderdale because it was great because you were actually coming to Fort Lauderdale. I didn't have to go meet you somewhere. And right. It made it easy for you, didn't I? Of course. Because <laughs> like, like I said, we all just serve you. We're all living in your world. <laughs> it all started in 1992. That's it. It's all, it's all Marvin's world. We're just little pawns. I made you come stand next to me. Come with me. I need women you around me. here now. I need, I need a harem for this picture. That's it. <laughs> 
that you, was funny. What you are know, you doing later? Were, right, we had to be at the same table for something. There had to have been like an event or um, an activity that we got placed together because I remember that. I do I. It's sad that I don't remember. I'll have to. I don't know what I have to do. I don't think we have pictures from there other than that. Right. I mean, it's so funny when you think about that and and so many things in my life and you're like, because now everybody has a phone that takes pictures and everything is documented. And when you sit there and say, I didn't have a camera, why would I think to bring one? And you're right. I, I, can't even remember anything. <laughs> I think I think there was a karaoke night one night. I remember that, and I'm pretty sure at some point we were somewhere where you were like trying to buy me a drink, and we're trying to figure out what I wanted to drink. And I, and I think it was like rum and coke, rum runner, like anything with rum in it. I think you went through all the alcohols. You're like, which one do you like? And I'm like, well, I think rum is okay. So then you were like naming all the rum drinks. So we just, <laughs> I think we made our way through all of them. Until we found one that I liked. Yeah, that was one of those things where, first of all, it was a lovely place to visit. But who in the world thinks of having a corporate training at a non-corporate city? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Because if I remember correctly, it was like two hours from the airport. To get yeah. to this, to get to this place, and outside of, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the golf course. Jack Nicholas had a golf course there, and I was like, oh, well, that would be great, but nobody else golfed. <laughs> it's like he's got this great golf course, and nobody golfed. I'm like, I can't do that. I think that's that's probably how we ended up at the library. The library. <laughs> there was nothing there. Absolutely nothing. No. No, it was in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure JA got a good rate. That's probably why they did it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Traverse City, Michigan. Yes. It was like in the mitten or something, right? It was like the top of the mitten or however they described it. Yeah, if you Yeah, if you if you hold your hand up and right where your thumb in between your thumb and index finger, that little divot yeah. is where Traverse yeah. City is. And there's really nothing around it. I'm not sure there's anything anywhere in Michigan. <laughs> oh, come on now. Hmm. Have you never been to Mount Pleasant? No. <laughs> I've been to Mount Pleasant in the village of Rosebush. That sounds exciting. And I've been to Flint, which is outside of Detroit. Flint, mm-hmm. Flint and Dearborn. Those are cities that nobody knows. Why do you keep going to Michigan? And then I had, let's see, Kalamazoo. Okay, you really want to know why? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of junior achievement people came from 
the Toledo, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan area. So when I was in school and going to the national conference, I would visit people. (laughs) This is, this is going to be horrible. So during the years of darkness, uh, when I was in Carolina, my weekends, so my weekends went from Friday night till Monday afternoon. And that's a hard thing to explain. So it was either 10 hours to come home to Florida or 10 hours to go visit my JA friends in Michigan or Toledo, Ohio. (laughs) So I went there and that's how I met um, a lot of these people became good friends. So they were in Flint and Dearborn and Kalamazoo. And you probably don't remember the names, Marky, Mark, Menlin, um, P.O., Jennifer P.O. Trowski. And I'm going to say this and people aren't going to believe it. I was engaged to a girl that lived in the village of Rosebush. That's how I know about that. <laughs> and the village of Rosebush is about, I think it's two hours north of Grand Rapids. Which if you know where Grand Rapids, Michigan is and you go north, there is nothing there. Until you get to Traverse City, which is at the Mitten. (laughs) So the village of Rosebush is between Grand Rapids and Traverse City. Nice. And when I say village, it is literally a village. So how many times have you been to the Boston area? Um, Let me see. Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, that's really ironic that you'll go to Michigan. Okay, but that was when I was younger and I was a, you know, college student, grad student. I didn't know you then until Traverse City. Right. And then and I, I've been to Florida to see you. You didn't and come I to And I make s- it a point when I go to Florida to see you. I have cousins that I don't visit, but I come to see you. And you have yet to make it to Massachusetts. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. This is clearly a one-way relationship. Part. But here's the deal, though. Even if I go to Boston, mm-hmm. it's not like you're in Boston. You're... 12 miles how south much? of Boston. North. How? How? 12 miles. No, New Bedford is down at I'm the bottom. I'm not in New Bedford. I'm in Burlington. Oh, Burlington. Yeah, oh, Burlington, yes. It's very nice. You're in Burlington. Burlington. Send a car for me at the airport. Yes. Yes. All right. It's no time at all to get to Boston. All right. What do we... And and I'm 30 minutes from New Hampshire if you want to see beautiful New Hampshire. Okay, what do I want to see in New Hampshire? The Hamptons? Is that where that is? I don't think so. Oh, not New <laughs> where's, York. Where's the Hampton? I don't know. <laughs> that whole Northeast is a, you know, it's all a blur. It's just a blur to you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you need to try some new geography, I think. Because it's, okay, you, oh, here's the problem. You're north of New York. Why is that a problem? Because anything north of New York. 
Oh, wait a minute. No, you're east of New York. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, remind me. Now, make sure the kids don't go to school in Florida. Because <laughs> geography is clearly not a class that's taught. Anything <laughs> outside of Florida is, come on, th- you, you know the world revolves around Florida. Yes. Florida man, every four years of the election, Every hurricane season, <laughs> Florida, it's it. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's the place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I will talk to the wife about planning a trip to Boston. Boston. What are we going to do go. there? What are we going to do there? What do you want to do? I don't know. What is there to do? Because I'm not going to watch the Patriots <laughs> or the. You don't want to go see the people. Well, the Patriots aren't in Boston anyway. You have to go all the way out to Foxborough to see them. Um, you you could um, check out the Paul Revere ride and his famous run, and you could go to Concord, and you could see old Ironsides. Um, you could, you know, relive the Boston Tea Party. You go to Faneuil Hall and go shopping and eat. All right. Let's see. What else do we have in Boston? And what's the best month to visit? That well, I, it depends. I, I'm assuming you don't like it cold, so yeah. I would probably suggest you come in the summer. Yeah, I'm not buying a coat. Let's just say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> then June, July, or August for you are probably the only options. Okay. I mean, you know, September and October are beautiful, but you might be really cold, even though it's really not cold here. But it's very pretty when the uh, foliage changes. All right. But I think you'd hate the winter because, you know, we have that snow. Yeah. And the cold. Yeah. I I avoid that. Yeah. All right. So I'll talk to the wife and we'll we'll, uh, we'll start putting together a five-year plan. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll go on a whale walk. We can go see some whales. We got dolphins down here. Yeah. They're pretty. Yeah, they are. Okay. We have <laughs> whales and seals. <laughs> how far are you from Worcester? Worcester? <laughs> That's how you say it, right? I was close. Worcester. Worcester. I'm not like most people where I build a, oh, where's Worcester? <laughs> Worcester? No, it's it's Worcester. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Worcester is about an hour. Okay. I think I know somebody there too. All right. That's not that far. We can do that. I probably know a bunch of people up there. I just probably ignore. I bet you do. (laughs) I think you should start a poll. If I know how many friends you really do have up here. Well, that is one of the things that I will be doing with this podcast is we will be reaching out to friends and family, finding out who I know where mm-hmm. and getting back in touch with people. And, you know, there is, I mean, you were at Najak. Every year mm-hmm. at Najak, there was, you know, 50 plus people that were in your group that, you know, we kept in touch with for the first year <laughs> until the next conference. So, you know, I, got, I actually still talk to my roommate from Najak. Really? Yep. I have yep. no I have no idea who my roommates were. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um it was actually pretty ironic. We we've kept in touch for a really long time. And my husband and I went to her wedding and she oh. came out here for our wedding. And then I actually went to Wisconsin for an award through um, the American Society for Quality, and we were in Milwaukee, and I, I called her, and I said, I know it's not all that close, but at least I'm in the right state. Um, so she actually came to visit with her kids, and I had my daughter at the time, and we got to hang out and spend a day together. Um, not long, Well, I guess it was a long time ago now, probably 14 years ago, but but it was nice to see them again. <laughs> but, yeah, we still keep in touch. We see each other on Facebook. All right. So that is the thing that all JA alumni have experienced where they've stayed in touch with people they've met over the years. A lot of weddings and visits, uh, JA people got married, obviously best friends, MacGyver, the best man at my wedding, somebody I met from junior achievement. So, and you from my JA days, your, (laughs) your one year of work. That's it. Yep. It's amazing. You know, it's such a, you know, you wouldn't think that I think when you join the organization, the impact it truly does have. And, you know, you might not have gotten that much out of being a student or you might've learned the pieces that, that gave you that skill or sparked that interest in business, you know, to that young student, but, you know, working for them and, and interacting at those conferences, I mean, truly amazing the, the friendships you make. And, and then they last. I mean, they truly do last more than, you know, any other friendship I think I have is, is, you know, my contacts that I made through Junior Achievement, you know, both through my conferences as a student and then, you know, people like yourself meeting them, you know, just going to a conference for a week. And here we are, how many years, you know, 20 something years later way more than 20 years later, 30 years later, talking to each other still. Yep. So it's, it's quite a, an amazing organization and event when you think about it. Yes. And I can only, you know, echo those words because I don't know if you remember, I went to a JA reunion yes. last year and seeing those people, you know, and reliving you know, those 20, 30, some of them 40 years ago, the the memories that they've made through Junior Achievement and hearing the stories that, you know, you hear, you hear people say, oh, you know, Junior Achievement had such an impact on my life and you kind of like don't believe it sometimes. Right. But living it and explaining it has been something that over the last few years I've actually taken a little bit more to heart in explaining to, you know, because my wife didn't grow up with junior achievement and I don't think she realized the impact that it had and the friendships that I had, even though she's known them from the time that she met me, but seeing other people now that, we are being reunited with and sharing stories with and, you know, hearing the impact that has been made over the years. I think it's something that will continue to grow. So actually I need to talk to those people because we were supposed to be scheduling another reunion, but 
COVID ruined that too, but we'll, we'll figure that out. So, all right. So we are, uh, so we went a little long. Didn't think we'd go this long. Did you? No, I didn't. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I hope we didn't cut too many people to sleep, but you know. so I think you'll be surprised. I'm, you know, I don't really have a a way for people to, to present feedback, but of course, you know, at the end of the show, I tell people, look, if you have any comments or questions or even suggestions and stuff, email me, uh, Marvin and uncle Marv.com. I, I really do want for this to be a way, you know, to introduce people to each other and to hear like we just talked about to hear the stories and the impacts that we have on each other's lives. And, you know, you and I just a very unlikely pairing This <laughs> <laughs> is probably the best way to look at it at a nondescript conference. And, yeah. you know, of all the places, Traverse city, Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, and I think just, you're right, just the fact that people even keep in touch, like, and I think that says a lot about the organization, the type of people it attracts, too. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know how many people say that about any other company they worked for or club they were in high school, you know, or how many people even talk to people they went to high school with, right? And, you know, it's it's such a strong bond and the type of people that you meet, they're such good people, you know, and... You know, and, and it's not even like that we have all the same interests, right? I mean, we had maybe something in common because we like junior achievement or we liked business or we liked economics. But so many people from so many parts of the world and so many states, and yet, you know, yeah, you still talk to them and you still want to hang out with them and you still want to know what they're up to. And it's like you pick up where you left off, like like there hasn't been a 15-year gap. Like, it's like we were together yesterday, right? right? And and that's what's so amazing about, I think, all of my JA friends and, and everyone I've encountered. So I tried to explain to somebody a while back when I was describing the impact of the people I knew growing up in high school to mm-hmm. the people that I bonded with in junior achievement because – it almost to me is about the same, which is, which is hard to explain, hard to understand because at least from my high school, there are so many people that we didn't hang out together. Maybe we didn't all go to classes together, but we all knew each other, even though it was a pretty big school. Um, You know, it's not as big as, classes are now, but 400 kids in a school on the beach was pretty big for Satellite Beach, Florida. And there's a big contingency of those people that stay in touch. And it it is only rivaled by my connections in junior achievement. People who I met only for a week, maybe one year but right. they are just as close to me as the people that I grew up with and went to high school with. So. Yep. That, that's very true. All right. So we'll go ahead and end off here. And I encourage any of you listening to the podcast, if you've got uh, 
some stories like that and you want to say thank you or ask questions or anything, like I said earlier, email me, marvin at unclemarv.com. Head over to unclemarv.com and check out any of the other shows that you might have missed. There will be links to the audio podcast. Some of these are actually streamed live on YouTube and the Facebook. You can go back and watch those there. Not this one, but others. And uh, stay tuned for (laughs) upcoming shows when I will have other friends, family, and almost famous people sharing stories. Barb, thank you very much for uh, hanging out with me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right. That's going to do it, folks. We will see you next time. And until then, holla. Holla.